Star Wars 7x7 episode 1170. So you want a little more information, a little more insight, a little more context to the departure of Colin Trevorrow from episode 9? Well, we've got it right here for you, and John Boyega is going to set it up for us, too. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Boyvod. And you know, GQ Magazine is not one of the media sources that I had been previously paying attention to. You know, that whole thing about how there were certain media sources I trusted and others that I did not. Well, GQ was not on the list. And I think they've just decided this year that they're going to start paying a lot more attention to Star Wars. It started earlier this year, actually, with I believe it was their August issue. And they had John Boyega on the cover. This was, of course, as he was promoting his movie Detroit, the Catherine Bigelow-directed movie. And one of the fun things that he said in there, because, of course, you can't interview a Star Wars person without talking about Star Wars, and it was basically the just, you know, I should just go and find the actual thing for you, so hang on a second. All right, here it is. And, yes, it is the August 2017 issue of GQ, American GQ. This distinction will become important later. And the writer is talking about the premiere of The Force Awakens and says, I marvel at how momentous that premiere was. It must have just... Felt like everything had changed all at once. He was a star, he being John Boyega. Eyes fixed on the Mario Kart race that he is about to win, Boyega very politely corrects me. The boy from Peckham putting everything in perspective. Star Wars will always be the star of Star Wars. And when I read that, I, my estimation of John Boyega went up by several notches. Like, you know, not that I had him, you know, lower on a scale or anything, just, you know, it already seemed cool enough to begin with. But... That kind of observation from somebody so young and somebody who is new to the franchise, for him to have that sort of realization is really rather remarkable and awesome. And so, yeah, John Boyega, wicked cool, yet another dimension of cool added to his whole <laughs> his whole deal. And this actually factors into episode 9 news that has broken the latest bit about what was going on with Colin Trevorrow behind the scenes. So here's the deal. Vulture.com published an article that has the wonderful title, Colin Trevorrow's firing from Star Wars is another reminder that no director will ever be bigger than the franchise. (laughs) And the story cites two anonymous sources here. One of them being, let's see, here's the description, a ranking Hollywood movie insider with direct knowledge of the productions on both The Book of Henry and Jurassic World. And this person is also referred to as an executive later in the article. And then there's a second person, it appears, uh, listed as a veteran movie producer who has worked with Kathleen Kennedy. So just the way the article is laid out, sounds like we have two anonymous sources being quoted here. So I'm going to take them actually in reverse order. The quote at the end of the article from this veteran movie producer says, There's one gatekeeper when it comes to Star Wars, and it's Kathleen Kennedy. If you rub Kathleen Kennedy the wrong way, in any way, you're out. You're done. A lot of these young new directors want to come in and say, I want to do this, I want to do that. A lot of these guys, Lord Miller, Colin Trevorrow, got very rich very fast and believed a lot of their own hype. And they don't want to play by the rules. They want to do stuff differently. And Kathleen Kennedy isn't going to mess around with that. 
unquote. And I have substituted for some swears in the article because, of course, that's the policy here on Star Wars 7x7. Nothing that you wouldn't hear in a Star Wars movie, right? That's the deal. Anyway, the article does also say that uh, Kennedy, five years into her Lucasfilm tenure, is showing less and less compunction about firing or replacing directors. She feels are temperamentally or creatively unsuited to the job. And, of course, it name-checks Josh Trank as part of this as well. You know, I wanted to say that she's just become more empowered in a way, but that's nonsense because she's the president of Lucasfilm. She's already empowered. She's not needing to become more empowered or anything like that. I think it's more a matter of she is just done (laughs) with stuff. I mean, it really is kind of like that veteran movie producer said, you know, she's not hesitating. She's not worrying about what anybody else thinks. She's just taking care of business and saying, look, if this isn't working, we're done. And I'm going to get somebody in here who can take care of business the way we need it taken care of. And then rolling back to the other one, the word difficult is used to describe Trevorrow. And it basically says that after the success of Jurassic World, he became unbearable, Colin Trevorrow did. He had an egotistical point of view and was always asserting it. Spent a great deal of his creative energies on asserting his opinion about things on the Jurassic World set. And then it's also said later just... When the Book of Henry came out, there was immediately conjecture Kathy was going to dump him because they weren't thrilled with working with him anyway. He's a difficult guy. So that puts a different kind of spin on the rumors kicking around about the failure of the Book of Henry. Not that he was going to get kicked to the curb because it was failing, but that it just gave them some additional ammunition because they were already not liking working with him in the first place. Now, personally... I don't really know anything about Colin Trevorrow. You know, this tells me about as much as I've ever heard about him. And obviously it's biased in some fashion. I'm not suggesting that it's not accurate. I'm just saying it's definitely coming from a certain point of view, right? And contrast that with Ryan Johnson, who showed up in the middle of the night at Star Wars Celebration Orlando and hung out for two hours taking photographs and signing autographs and doing just the wonderful work of ingratiating himself with the fans, okay? And I say ingratiating, I don't mean that in a conniving way or anything like that, right? No, he just seems like he's humble and joyful and really just generous with his time and attention and curiosity and his desire and excitement for telling a Star Wars story. So it does seem like they are polar opposites in their own way. And you can kind of see why Ryan Johnson seems to be succeeding with Lucasfilm, whereas Colin Trevorrow, not so much. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about Luke and Leia on Crate. Don't worry, it's not a spoiler. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside, you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash tfa welcome back 
Well, I'd like to say this is another piece in the puzzle of the journey to The Last Jedi, but it's not supposed to come out until after The Last Jedi comes out. There's a one-shot coming from Marvel Comics called Storms of Crate, and it takes place in that beautiful period in between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. Luke and Leia are actually on the hunt for a new safe haven for the Rebellion, and they go to what will soon be a familiar location to us, the planet Crate. And the report on it from StarWars.com says that this one-shot comic will reveal major elements of Crate's history. So that could possibly include the fact that it used to be a rebel outpost, or at least it was according to that little tidbit inside the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide. And it also says that, uh, where is it right here? It says, um, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia Organo uh, will take up arms. They will take up arms on the salt-covered world in search for a new rebel base. So that means that there will be some fighting of some kind going on. But sadly, we're going to have to wait until December 27th for that one. I guess we're probably going to be more curious about Crate after we see the movie, right? So maybe it's the right time, but I'm curious about Crate now. <laughs> I'm sure you are too. So... That right there, my friends, is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before your scopes go dead and you start the landing cycle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash sw7x7. It's not a slimy mud hole, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.